You're listening to the Cars of Carlisle Network, podcast episode number 116, featuring Celebrity Customs' very own John D'Agostino. This is your podcast. Together, it's all about car community, car culture. Cars of Carlisle is your favorite internationally downloaded podcast about all things automotive. Darren and his CFC team are ever searching for interesting automotive happenings, real stories about real car people, and fun features to inform and entertain you. Each week, the Cars of Carlisle crew brings you show topics ranging from car shows to team adventures to auto racing weekends to behind-the-scenes human interest stories from car nuts that live across town, across the country, or even across the globe. Come join the road trip. Today, join us as we head to Northern California to meet John D'Agostino of Celebrity Customs. As many know, John is a legendary custom car stylist who has traveled the world attending over 400 car shows internationally. In this episode, discover how John was inspired to create his first custom, a 1956 Chevy Hardtop, to the nearly 100 other cars to which he has honed his talents and unique style. In fact, John will be one of the celebrity judges at the Courage Virtual Car Show. A lucky car owner will be awarded the prestigious Crystal Award of Excellence. It's time to go traditional custom and get chopped, lowered, and channeled. So, let's get revved up. Hello and welcome back, Cubers, to your favorite informative automotive podcast. I am your trusted host, Darren. It's a blessing and an honor to have you back with us once again this week. In moments, we'll be talking with West Coast legendary custom car stylist, John D. Agostino. Hey, did you know that you can help us improve the podcast? And that way you can do that is really through the valued feedback you can give us at carsofcarlisle at outlook.com. Just so you know, I personally read every single one of those emails that come through. And in fact, another way you can help us is to support this podcast, your favorite podcast, is through PayPal. Why not seize the opportunity to help us support us with the, the PayPal account we have set up, and that is paypal.me forward slash cars of Carlisle. And that will help us continue to go out and find and uh, pursue the very best in automotive content for you. So let's power shift to this week's trivia question, and it is specific to our guest this week. What unique audio system did John D. Agostino install in his second car? Hint, the answer to that question is going to be coming up. John will speak to that himself. So if you listen in, you'll have the answer locked down. So let's go to Northern California and hang out with John D. Agostino. Hello, Cubers. This is Darren, and I am on the phone. It is Friday morning, and I have uh, John D'Agostino. He is the legendary car customizer, and uh, you know him from Celebrity Customs. John, thanks so much. It's 7.30 on the Pacific Coast. Appreciate you being up early and, and taking this call. Oh, no, no problem, Darren. It's, uh, it's, it's going to be an honor. I think it's going to be a, a great interview, and I'm, uh, I'm ready. Excellent. Well, and we'll get into this sooner uh, than later here, a little bit in the in the interview. But I'm very proud that John is working with uh, some of my my colleagues, and we're putting together that you've heard us talk about this Courage Car Show, been promoting that. And uh, John, we definitely want to uh, put a, a plug out there for you being our celebrity, you know, being one of our celebrity judges, and all that. We'll get to that, but. For anyone uh, that knows John and has followed him, and for those that maybe aren't quite as aware, I just let's let's 
rewind back. Uh, just calling you here from Pennsylvania. Of course, we all know Pittsburgh, Steel City, uh, Western PA uh, here in Pennsylvania. But there is a Pittsburgh of California, and that's where you came into the world. Is that right? Yeah, that's true, Darren. Okay, well... I know that we all have our, I always find it interesting of when someone knows that they are a car lady or a car guy or what have you. When did you know, what's your earliest memory, how old were you, and, and what was that genesis when you knew you were a car person? Well, basically my dad brought me to the Grand Oakland Grand National Rosa Show in 1959, and uh, you know, I was very young at the time, and I used to see cars driving by my dad's house, and these were all customized cars, mostly by the Italian people, like the Richard Zocchi and Mafetanos and Sinos. These were all the Italians. They were sort of the well-to-do people, and they used to have these cars built by professionals, like uh, George Barris, Gene Winfield, Joe Balon, Frankie Rosa. Uh, I used to see them all the time, because Pittsburgh, California, was a hotbed for custom cars. Mm. As early as I could see, and I used to see him, like I said, driving, going on cruises. Uh, we had a big, long cruise down Railroad Avenue in Pittsburgh at the Pirate Drive-In. Uh, Hazel's in Antioch was another hot spot where people used to meet. So by going to that Oakland Roaster show, it just sparked my interest in seeing these cars going down the road here in Pittsburgh. Uh, it's, it's just something that I knew when I was 16 years old, I was going to build my first car and I was going to just continue. And I just wanted to be in the custom car world. And uh, since then, I've been I've been just building these custom cars and traveling around the world. Uh, and that's that's amazing how that's all come to be. In fact, uh, you've you've built that um, really from the ground up. I mean, everything from uh, the local haunts. I wasn't there like the, the drive-ins and, and all the other places, but being seen and and being proud of what you've you've produced. How has um, and I know that even going ding back to your high school days you had uh if i'm not mistaken wasn't it a 56 chevy hardtop was it a 210 what was what that was my first car was a 56 chevy when i was 16 years old and that i bought it it was a completely low mile stock car and i bought it here in pittsburgh and uh, i had it customized by frank DeRosa senior he was one of the custom people here on the north northern california and uh, he painted it royal triton purple and white Mm. And then I showed that car at local car shows, and I was winning lots of awards. So from then on, I started building customs, and I've been going. I've been building over a hundred since then. Wow, that's incredible! Now, and along with that too, um, tell me a little bit. I mean, I know that even in your your biography, the name, uh, you know, the, uh, you have celebrity customs. But I guess early on, you thought, well, if custom, you make it your own. So you even cleverly put the K instead of the C in the word customs. How far back does that go? Well, basically, uh, uh, that was something that George Barris started back probably in the, probably in the, in the either the late 40s, early 50s. He used the word custom with the K, and his slogan used to always be, you know, you see a, a real traditional-looking custom, he always say, hey, that's a custom with the K. That's uh, okay. sort of, to me, the real way to... To, to state a custom car is to use it with a K more than a C. Uh, luckily, uh, I have the license plate California Custom. I've had it since 1982, and I just, you know, I use it on my latest custom cars. So when I build a car, I, I, I transfer that plate to it, and then when that car's finished and I have a new car, I just keep transferring that. Mm-hmm. So, it's, so they've been on all my custom cars. And I always say custom with a K 
me is traditional. If you if you say the word custom with the C, that means contemporary custom, okay. which is sort of the updated uh, look and all that. So I'm a custom with the K guy. I like that. I, I thank you for explaining the difference, the that's the slight nuance there between the two letters. That's good to know. Well, I want to just talk through. We we advanced from that '56 Chevy hardtop. Uh, now you're you're heading off to Phoenix, Arizona. You're matriculating to college. This is where uh, you know one of the things that I wanted to ask you is, you had a 45 RPM record player in that uh, pearl white and gold. It wasn't it, heavily, but it was mildly customized, as I know. Uh, you're right up. Right. But it was a '63 Pontiac Grand Prix. Tell us a little bit about how you came up with the idea, how you mounted it, and just how it was in real-world uh, enjoyment. Did you have a couple skips uh, if you hit a hit a crack in the road or anything like that? So go ahead, I'll, I'll turn it yeah. to you. Basically, the, you know, uh, uh, back then, record players were plentiful. I mean, people, if you had a custom car, you had to have a record player. And the best one at that time was called an ARC 2500 series. That was, it was all chrome. That was the updated 45 record player where you basically get the 45 player and you, and you push it up into the spindle and the needle goes up on the record player so it doesn't skip. It doesn't um, lay on the record player. Gotcha. So basically, the way I got started with that, a friend of mine, who actually is my sister's boyfriend, uh, had a, uh, 66 Riviera. And, uh, we went and got it was brand new. We went and picked it up. And then about a week later, he ended up putting a, a 45 record player in that Riviera. So, <laughs> and he used to cruise all the time. So one night, he said, let's go cruising. So he had this record player in there, and that's the first time I really saw a record player and how it worked. And he was out to, we were cruising, and we were playing these records, and it just turned me on so much that, you know, when I bought my car, I, I had to have a record player. So basically, in 1963, or actually in 19... Uh, it was uh, when I went to college. Uh, I ended up putting a record player in my 63 Pontiac Grand Prix. And I used to cruise uh, uh, Central Avenue over in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, Campbellback. I used to cruise around with that record player. And uh, it was so cool because you used to watch, you used to have to watch if you hit really heavy bumps in the road. It wouldn't skip really, but it would flutter. So every time I seen a little dip on the road, I'd slow down because the 63 gram thing was lowered and I'd go over that baby smoothly and it would do it play perfectly. So, nice. and I used to transfer at that record player to all my cars. Okay. And, and finally, uh, you know, I end up every time I'd see an ARC 2500, I'd buy it. And as of today, I have three of them still. Great. Smart move. You know, you find them, uh, good equipment, you stick with it. That's excellent. That's right. Well, what uh, is it? I know as you're leaving your your college days, then uh, or right even before you left, this is where uh, you I think uh, ordered right uh, a 1970 Grand Prix then, and you took it right to Concord to Art right to start right away with the customization. You want to talk a little about that, and then this definitely yeah, I can remember like it was yesterday. Uh, my first new car was a 1970 Pontiac Grand Prix, and. Uh, as, you know, being a customized, I wanted to customize a new car, even though I loved the cars in the 50s and 60s. But uh, at that time, uh, when I bought it, and I'll never forget, it was bought on uh, Halloween night in 1969, end of October. And I picked the car up. I bought the car in Antioch, California, which is close to Pittsburgh here. And uh, I drove the car for about a week stock. And after that, I brought the car to Art Hemsel, 
And at that time, he was in Concord, California. And I says, Art, I want to get this thing custom painted. So uh, what I did first, I lowered the car. I put my signature wire wheels on it. And then uh, then Art started, uh, he brought somebody in to the body work. And he painted the car in shades of uh, gold and tangerine. He was really, really, it had the black top, black leather interior. And I showed that at a lot of ISEA shows for actually two years. Mm. Until I bought my next car, which was a... Uh, 72 Buick Riviera. Okay. And then from then on, I start building a lot of new cars. I went almost every year I'd buy a new car. Buick Riviera, Lincoln Mark IV, uh, Grand Prix. I was on a roll of Cadillacs. So I went about 10 years of building new cars. And then every other year, I, I put in an old car with it, like a 49 Oldsmobile or 60 Buick. Uh, so I chose two cars, old car, new car. And I did that for, for about 10 years. And then I went back to the old cars, the cars of the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Gotcha. Well, that makes sense. And I know that in, in just reading up on things that uh, you had done various things, particularly in those early, early as far as um, flaring the wheel wells and radiusing, uh, you know, can you tell, I mean, for those that aren't as familiar, what uh, kind of the whole, what, you, what that means as far as a flare, I think people understand, but just the radius work. Yeah. Yeah, radius means basically you, you modify the uh, the wheel well. You might actually either cut it up more to make it a little little rounder, or you might even uh, lower the, the radius and actually bring it where the where, where, where the radius is smaller into the wheel well. Uh, just like you know, people talk about chop channel section. Mm-hmm. Chop means you, you remove uh, uh, you know inches from the top itself. In other words, you make the top smaller, the window smaller. When you section a car, that means you take uh, a section out of the box, the middle of the body of the car. You got a two-inch section, three-inch, four-inch. You usually never go more than a four-inch section because then the car gets unbalanced. And that's when you, you take four inches out of the middle of the car, and then you, you actually weld it all back together. That's a lot of work because not only are you sectioning the quarter panels, the doors, and the fenders, but you've got to cut into the firewall, you know, where the engine that's is. That's true, you gotta, yeah. You you got to take four inches out of that. So sexually today is probably minimum, minimum $30,000. Wow. I would say it's thirty to thirty to 50000 to section a car properly. And then channeling is when you cut, the, when you actually get the body of the car and you, and you channel it over the frame. So you don't have to lower a car by cutting the springs or using spindles. You section there, you, you channel it, you cut, you cut everything around, you lower the body over the frame, and then the, the car gets actually lowered to the ground without modifying the suspension. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen that done, and it, it's almost like it, it fits into a little pocket, it's, and it, it does create a really right. low, sleek look, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, not too many people channel today, only because, you know, back in 1986, when, uh, actually 1996, when airbags came out, uh, they sort of took over the channeling, so people really don't have to channel. You have air ride suspension. You mm. just hit the button, and the car goes right to the ground. That's so right. uh, uh, channeling people. I would say ninety-five uh, percent of the, uh, the the custom cars today uh, are chopped, and they usually don't section a car because it's too much money. Sure. So basically, you have a chopped uh, radical custom. You know, you customize the headlights, the taillights, the grill, uh, mold it, the seamless body. Uh, uh, that kind of look. Gotcha. That's, that's really popular, uh, you know, today. And they air ride it for sure. Then they actually paint it in your, your candies or pearls and, 
you know, stuff like House of Color is probably one of your one of your top custom paints to use uh, to actually, you know, on a custom car. That's actually that's my choice is is uh, is, uh, is the House of Color product. Okay, that's good to know. And I really very much appreciate. Most everybody knows, or I think if uh, even some of our younger audience members, if they've listened to. Uh, uh, a classic Beach Boys song. They're going to hear the words chopped and, and channeled or lowered, what have you. But I really appreciate you just taking a few minutes to elaborate or almost as a re- review or refresher on uh, some of the vernacular. That's very, very helpful and, and greatly appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Well summarized. What would you say, John, if I were to ask you, what would be the most rewarding moment you have found over all these decades and, and your super sharp memory of each of these chapters in your life and, and those hundred cars, but professionally, what has been the most rewarding moment? And you've been all over the world, too, so it's wide open. Oh, yeah. You know, you know that's, that's really a tough question because I've had so many great memories I mean, I could go on and on for probably hours talking about <laughs> memories of different people that I've met, uh, cars that I've seen. Uh, I'd probably say probably one of my most memorable uh, moments in my custom world is probably meeting George Barris for the first time. Gotcha. Uh, I met him in Monterey at a car show, and just by meeting him, and I've always idolized him, you know, Barris and Winfield and Balon and DeRosa and Bill Hines and Watson. Mm-hmm. Starbird, those were the guys I really idolized, and I looked up to them, and and I learned a lot from all of them. Uh, but probably meeting George is probably one of my one of my moments that I'll never forget. And then probably uh, winning the Sam Bears Memorial Award in 1984 with my 51 Midnight Sensation Mercury. That was a highlight of my life, and I, I actually received the award from John Barris, which was Sam Barris's son. And I got it at work, wow. and I actually received the word at the Sacramento Autorama. Those are two things that, that just the Barris days, because I always I always loved looking at the Barris cars. I I learned a lot. I actually had a lot of pointers and the way he does things, and uh, uh, those two things really really probably come to my mind. Good. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing that answer. When you're in and you're hands on and you're you're sculpting, walk us through maybe some of the the design process. Obviously. Some of those, your inspirations have come from uh, your heroes, those that you have uh, respected and revered over the years. Um, but are there other elements or key features that you've picked up maybe in just observation? Let's say I know you've traveled all of Europe and what have you, but maybe you're sitting in an airport and you notice a Scandinavian furniture design. Have you ever found inspiration in everyday non-automobile ways that you've then immediately applied to your designs on your customs? Well, first off, uh, you know, I'm a, I call myself more of a uh, builder, stylist. Uh, okay. Uh, I used to do a lot of hands-on back, uh, way back then. I mean, more into the paint. I used to love to paint. I used to love to, to, to actually color sand the car and buff and get it ready. I used to do some of the body work, and we're talking, you know, 40 years ago, hands-on. But, you know, I rely on today, you know, in the last, I would say even the last 25, 30 years, I really know these real professional guys that I've been using lately, like Oz Customs out of Orville, uh, John Aiello, Daryl Hollenbeck, uh, Art Hemsel. Uh, these are the guys that basically, even Lucky Seven in Antioch, he's done a couple cars from the actually built them. These are the guys I sort of rely on now because these guys are real craftsmen. 
I don't have the time yeah. to do the cars like I want to do because I travel so much. Yes. You know, I've been to Europe and Asia and uh, Australia, almost 400 tours in 25 years, since 1993. Wow. Uh, almost 400 shows. Uh, and my goal really is to hit 500. Before I retire or get out of the whole mm -hmm. custom scene, I want to do 500 shows, international shows. That means I got to do another 100 hours. About 110 more I have to do. Okay. It's not going to be easy, especially with this pandemic going on and all these stipulations. But in my mind, I want to be the only guy or the first guy to do 500 international shows in a lifetime. Wow. And, that, and little by little, I'm, I'm getting This year, I had 20 shows booked uh, for 2020, and I kept telling people, I've done 17. Last year, I did 17. But I want to do one time of my life do 20 international shows and this was the year to do it and believe it or not because of all this going on mm -hmm. I've had 10 shows already canceled I got 10 left and who knows if I'm going to do them but uh, uh, basically you know I, I I just strive on, on traveling the world trying to keep things going the torch going to, for custom cars I'm not really a hot rodder I love traditional customs I, I like contemporary but I'm really a traditional guy and uh, I travel the world, given the Crystal Award of Excellence. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been in it's been in so many countries. Uh, uh, I've given it to. It's been in Russia. It's been in Estonia, Sweden, England. Uh, you name it. And uh, actually, I'm going to be giving it out at the at the Courage Virtual Car Show. Yes, you are uh, to my favorite car of the of the of the show. Let's talk a little, and it's, it's a great segue. I, my mind is just uh, like a, a switchboard lighting up with all the questions I want to ask you. It's just fascinating. But yeah. um, with the Courage Car Show, let's put a plug in for that. Thank you so much for being part of that. We're going to have that uh, this coming Friday, the 24th. Go out to carsofcarlisle.com, uh, and you can just go on the license plate, the Pennsylvania license plate. We're, we're going to have to close registration here very soon, but we're so excited. I know you're going to be in Malibu. Uh, this coming weekend and hanging with some friends of the show, Classic.com and others. And I, I really appreciate it. You're going to be putting the word out there as well. Oh, definitely. I'm like I said, I've been trying to network that show. The, the show coming up on July 24th, uh, you know, the first car show, Carlisle. Mm -hmm. And uh, we even have international people that's already entered the show. Fantastic. People from Germany, people from uh, Australia, people from uh, 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 the Netherlands. We already got those those things actually uh, in place, and I'm trying to get more cars to enter. And when I get to the show at, in Malibu uh, this Sunday coming up, uh, I'm going to try to get some people there to enter our show. Excellent. And we got people, we got a lot of celebrities going to actually be there. Yeah. I mean, you're right in Malibu. You never know who's going to who's going to be there. Uh, uh, this show has been going on for you know three or four years. They've been having this show, and this is the first time. Uh, this year that we've actually had the show because of the pandemic going on and we have so much response. I talk to people every day and they all want to go to this uh, to this Wheels and Wings car show over in Malibu. So I think it's going to be huge. And I think we're going to get, I mean, many celebrities and I'm trying right now and I have a contact trying to get Lady Gaga to bring one of her cars to the show. Wow. And she lives right there in Malibu. And yeah. it's, it's funny, it's going to be right at a place the big parking lot of the coffee bean. And that's a celebrity hangout in Malibu. That's where <laughs> the celebrities go. They get their coffee and then they move on. So uh, I'm excited. And the show's going to start early. It's 7 o'clock in the morning. Okay. ends at 9 o'clock. And hopefully we'll even bring it up an hour until 10 o'clock. But uh, 
I'm looking forward to that, but I'm really, really looking forward to the uh, to the Courage Virtual Car Show. I Thank really you. am, and that's on July 24th. It's that's a- going to be so cool such an honor to have you be part of that and especially with someone of your caliber and and pedigree and we're we're very graciously accepting all that you've you've done for us so thank you so very much on that i I, thank you very much and you say about the the germany and and some of the the submissions we've had just in the last week or so all around all around the world again that's thanks to you and when did you first and and this podcast is downloaded in 43 countries around the globe i've tried to spread the word as I've been uh, to Ireland, Iceland, Brazil, uh, Sweden, oh, I, and, and I always am trying to promote and talk to car people wherever I go, uh, no matter what side yeah. of, the, of the road I'm driving on in my rental car, whatever it might be. When did you first leave, the, leave stateside, uh, to, whether it was Canada, Mexico, the Caribbean, when did you first go international as far as those, uh, those 400 shows? Okay. Uh, I, I can tell you exactly. It was 1993, and I was showing a car called the Royal Empress, uh, 56 Lincoln. Uh, Whitfield built the car. It was all done in shades of lavenders and purples. And we brought that car to a car show in, uh, in Finland. And that was the first show I did. And then after that, after the Finland show, we did Sweden. So we did Sweden and Finland before the car came back to America. And uh, that sort of, that really sparked my interest. Uh, uh, and there was a fellow, actually, actually the promoter, every year he used to go to the Jack Middle Autorama. And uh, he used to invite me to the show. And actually before 1993, I could have went to actually the Sweden show. But uh, it wasn't until 93 when I started really doing the Sweden show. It's called Custom Motor Show, Custom with the C. And that was actually the first car show that I've done internationally. And since then, uh, and it's, I never forget his name, and, he, and everybody could read, we'll never forget the first name. We call him Lotsy Theander. And his real name is Lars. Lars is a common name, sure. just like John and Frank here in America. And he's, he's invited me to this to that show, actually in 25, it's been 20, well, actually 27 years now. I've been there 21 times wow. in 27 years. Yeah. And actually this year, I was, I was booked to go there with the car, and they canceled about three weeks before the show. And it's always on Easter. So every Easter in the last 27 years, 21 of those years, I've been in Sweden. So my heart, and like I said, I've been to almost 400 shows mm-hmm. worldwide, but really my heart probably, if I had to pick one country, one show that that really comes up, it's just, uh, it's just something that makes me just, just shake because I got so many good memories there. Wow. I got to say Sweden. Custom Motor Show in Sweden has been my all-time favorite. Uh, it's just, you know, it's not just a car show. We but, have parties there. We have concerts there. Uh, like I said, it's always on Easter, and I just I just love doing that show. So hopefully in 2021, I'll be back, and I plan to bring two cars there. Great. I'll probably bring, bring the, 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 the Rita Packard, the 58 Rita Packard, and the 62 Pontiac Grand Prix, the principal. Those are the two cars I want to bring to that show. So since I'm not doing much in 2020 because of the pandemic, I'm going to, I'm going to get 2021. I'll probably do 21 shows in, in, in 2021 if I, like I can. It. I like if, it. I, if I'm allowed to. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm actually ready. I'm ready to just continue. And I just hope things in the next two, three months break where I could do some mm-hmm. international shows mm-hmm. because 
because, you know, when you're doing 12 to, say, 17 a year, and you've been doing it for 25 years, uh, when you're doing actually nothing and internationally, it kind of, it kind of, it, it bothers me because I used to, being around people, uh, 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 giving awards out, signing autographs, taking pictures, promoting the hobby. Yes. And uh, yes. I'm, I'm not promoting like I want to promote because of this pandemic. So that's why these virtual car shows is the way to go. Yeah. Really, it, it is the way to go. We got it. We got to stay in touch. And because of the internet, what's going on, it's great because people know what's going on all over the world now because of the internet. So uh, we just got to keep these uh, these shows going, and we got to keep America strong. We got to get back. I mean, America has always been the league leader. Every place I go around the world, people love the American cars, American music, uh, and, and, and we just need to get back. We need to get back strong again, and hopefully in November things will change, and we'll get back strong again. But uh, uh, I just, I just want to see America stay on top. I hear you. I hear you loud and clear on that. And thank you for uh, doing that plug for the virtual car show, Courage Car Show, and any, any other. And the fact that we truly are one car community and the, and the culture is just helping each other out, uh, looking out for one another, and, and not in a competitive way, but more in a collaborative way. And I, I, you really embody that spirit. And I, and I can tell you're an extrovert. I know you are, and, and I'm, I can relate in the sense that something in our own personal psyche and spirit is dormant when you have to stay in your home or and you can't be out shaking hands and meeting people and taking photos and asking questions and all the things that you do all over the globe i can understand it you probably feel very stifled at this time oh yeah and especially you know the bottom line is uh i told vanessa that and 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 uh, that's running the courage show there i said i'm gonna do something a little different i was actually gonna do a show uh july 24th it was gonna start to the 26th in Salina, Kansas, uh, put on by the KKOA, the Custom Council of America. Uh, uh, it's always at the end of July. And it's in, uh, I was going to do that show, and I was going to actually do the virtual car show from the KKOA. Mm. I was going to, uh, I was going to sit in one of the cars and actually do the Zoom conference in one of the cars there. Right. And they actually canceled two weeks ago. So my plans completely changed. Uh, I figured, God, what am I going to do? So I was still going to fly to Wichita and and go to Salina like I usually do. Then I was going to go the next day on Saturday. I was going to actually, or actually on Friday, I was going to actually go straight to the Daryl Starbuck Museum in Afton, Oklahoma, and actually do the Zoom, do the Courage Virtual Car Show right in his museum. No, it was wow. all planned. Uh, I was going to start there. I was going to actually end Sunday. And Saturday and Sunday, I was going to go to Graceland and do the Elvis Radio uh, tour Graceland again, and then go back to Wichita and fly back. I was ready to do that, and just it just fell through in the end. Because I told Daryl, I said, since I'm coming to your museum to do the uh, the virtual car show picks, you know, my awards, uh, I would love for you, if you can, I would love you to be part of our show and be one of the celebrity judges. And right away he said, I'd love to do it. So anyway, I ended up getting Daryl Starbird, the bubble top king of the world, uh, as, a, as a celebrity judge, and also Larry Jenkins. Uh, he's, a, he's a car builder. He is a, a rodeo champion uh, for several years. Uh, he's out of Arkansas. Uh, Daryl's out of Oklahoma. But I got both those guys as celebrity judges. And I think with those guys involved with me, 
uh, you know, all three of us, I think it's going to be really cool. Plus, we have one of the other guys, I think, from back east that's going to be part of it. So I think there's four of us. But uh, I, I, I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm really, I, I really feel good about this. I really feel like this is going to go worldwide because we got international people competing for these awards, these these 19 awards. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think we have a couple more that's going to be added to it. Right. And then I'll give the crystal word of excellence right at the end for best to show. So we're gonna we're gonna have hopefully I I, I would love to see two or three hundred cars involved in this uh, Courage Car Show and we still got time. Every day I'm trying to network, I'm trying to get cars, a lot of international cars. So between the international cars that I can get and hopefully we can pick up some cars over in Malibu at the show, mm-hmm. we're gonna have a good time. We're gonna make this virtual car show the virtual car show of twenty twenty. Uh, you, you brought a big smile to my face on that, and we have some heavy guns with you and Daryl and Larry, and I thank you so much. You've put so much passion into this, and uh, we're going to give it our, our very, very best and uh, learn as we go and progress and, and make some best practices so that there will be a second, a third, and keep it, uh, keep it alive and, and find some ways to continue to collaborate as a, as a car community. So thank you in a, in a very large way. Well, You're welcome, You're welcome, Derek. And and really, I just want to tell the people out there, the car people. I mean, everybody, stay safe. Yeah, got to stay healthy. We got to stay safe and keep cruising. Yes, indeed. That's I I can't agree more. In fact, I was just talking to somebody that runs uh, Rally North America, one of the founders, just uh, yesterday morning, and he was saying that doing some instead of uh, being able to have uh, hundreds of cars come for a rally like they've done over the years. They're doing it where people get in their cars with alone or with their families, and they're heading out and doing uh, just certain drives and things for points. But at least you're safe. You're in your car. You got your windows up, perhaps, and you're or down. But you're not. Uh, you're not among hundreds of people. And you do what you got to do for now. But everybody's trying to find clever and creative ways to keep their passion fires lit. And I think we're all working. That's hard. right. That's right. We just gotta. We just gotta. We gotta sort of. Uh, just remember, uh, uh, things like this uh, happen, but it could end. It could end, which it will end. Mm-hmm. And I really think once this pandemic and all this stuff goes through, filters through, and hopefully it filters through and it ends soon, I really think 2021 is going to be a year that the car people around the world, not just America, are just going to have the passion to just give it all they got. They're mm-hmm. going to go to all the shows they can. They're going to cruise. I think it's going to come stronger than ever. So I just, I just hope this thing ends soon because I want to see, I want to see people really give it all they got and let's get this, these car shows, these indoor, indoor car shows back because all these indoor car shows have all been canceled. That's right. So, uh, and, and I do both. I do indoor outdoor. I like, I like them both. I really do. I mean, like shows in Germany, shows in Sweden, these shows draw hundreds of thousands of people. Actually, my last three car shows I did was November and December. I did three in a row. I went to Berlin with the Sonax Car Care Company. That's one of my big uh, endorsements and sponsors. Uh, I did a show there, guest appearance in Berlin. And from Berlin, I flew straight to Yokohama. I did the Moon Eyes Yokohama Rana Custom Show. Mm. Probably the best one-day show in the world. By far, there's wow. nothing nothing can touch it for one day show. And then after that, I spent five days in Yokohama and Tokyo. And uh, after that, I did a show in Essen. It's called Essen Mo- 
Motor Show. It's probably the largest indoor show in Germany, I mean, in, uh, in Europe. And that show draws almost 400,000 people. What country is that? Special guest, I get a guest appearance there with Sonex car care in their booth and okay. signed autographs and gave an award, you know, the Crystal Award. But uh, that show probably draws more than any car show in the world. And what city is that, John? Uh, it's called Essen Motor Show. E-S-S-E-N. Okay. Essen Motor Show. If you Google it, I mean, I mean, it always draws between 250 500,000 people oh, in the state. I think we drew right around 385, 390,000, which is a lot of people. And, and that's the last year I did. It ended on, let me think, December 7th, okay. 2019. And I flew back on Monday, December 8th. But that's wow. the last international show I've done. So it's been seven months. I mean, I, I could have done 10 this year as of right now. Right. right. I got 10 cancel on me. So, uh, I just, I just got so much energy. I'm just ready to go. I'm ready to go now. But uh, <laughs> let's get this courage car show. Let's get this uh, done, and then uh, I'll go to the next step and start thinking, what am I going to do next? Well, sure. That Essen uh, car show. You said that is that in Bologna? Uh, it's which? in Germany. In Germany. It's in Germany. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very yeah. good. Yeah. And, and it's always uh, usually it's it's one of the last car shows. Uh, of the year for me usually, but mm-hmm. sometimes I've done it and a couple times in the past. I go to Essen and then right, and, and it works out perfect because Essen is a 10 day show. So it's two weekends. And I usually do the last weekend in Essen and I give the award out the whole bit. But there's been a couple times where I, because of the noon eye show in Yokohama is the second weekend. So what I would tell Sonax is let me do the first four days, the first weekend in in the you know, end of November, and then fly straight from there straight to uh, uh, Yokohama to do that show. Mm. So I've done a couple of shows back to back. You know, I do Essen and I do Yokohama, and that usually ends the year for me. Incredible. So actually, after, after the first week of December, that's it for me when it comes international. Wow. Then I start off in January with the Grand National Roaster Show, which is the third week of January. Mm-hmm. I start there, then I do Sacramento, I do. I do, uh, uh, you know, Pleasanton. I do uh, uh, Portland Roadster Show, which is one of my probably top five favorite shows in America. Uh, and then I go on and on. And then I usually start, usually, with Custom Motor Show in Sweden, which is on Easter. That's when I, and Easter falls March, April, May, whenever. That's usually my first international car show in Sweden. And what city? Then on, I just, is I that, just move on. Is that Gothenburg, Stockholm? Who hosts that? Okay, actually, it's in uh, it's in Junkshippy, which okay. is Gothenburg is on the water. Then you got Stockholm, that's on the top there. You're right in the middle. Okay, so actually, it's actually I I've flown into Gothenburg. I I've flown into to uh, uh, Stockholm. I got I flew from Stockholm to Junkshippy. I've driven a car with Candy Clark, Paul oh, Paul yeah. Mac from Stockholm. Yeah. yeah, I've driven right down four hours on E4, which is like. Highway five or freeway five here. Yeah. I've driven down, went to the show in in, uh, in John Chepping. I've done things so different, so many different times that <laughs> that's why I said I got so many memories just of the Sweden show that I could write a book. Wow. Nothing but custom motor show Sweden, and for twenty one different shows, I could tell you what car I have there, uh, what guest appearance, who I did the guest appearance with, which we've done it I think three times with. Uh, with the American PD people, Sidney Williams, Paul mm-hmm. Lamatt, mm-hmm. Jackie Clark, uh, Chip Boost has 
been there several times. Richard Rollins was there a couple of years ago. Uh, Dave Kindig in 20, actually in 2019, I did, uh, I was there with, uh, with Dachi Kindig doing, uh, doing the show there. Uh, Gene Winfield's been there several times. George Barris, uh, Daryl Starbird. Uh, it's a show of, uh, to me that brings back so many memories. Oh my God. It's just, uh, it's like a dream come true. Just going to the Sweden and, and doing sure. that show. Uh, the way they run it, it's just uh, world class. That's amazing. Well, I, I have to tell you that Sweden is one of my favorite countries in the world. Uh, and I find the Swedish people to be among some of the kindest and friendliest. Um, I, I have a real special place in my heart for, uh, for the, the Swedish culture. Oh, me too. I'm telling you, my, my heart goes out to all the Swedish people. I mean, I just... I just missed, I, I, I wanted to go to Slip Out in 2020. I had something very special that I was going to do there because it basically was going to be my, my 25th anniversary, even though I've been there 21 times, but it's, it's between a 25 year period. And I had something real special I was going to present on stage and it was basically ready to go. And folks, when they canceled, I said, you know what? I got to save it for 2021. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm not going to say what, what the real special deal is, but, it's going to touch their hearts. That's all I can say. It's nice. going to touch all the Swedish people, the hearts of the Swedish people. That's great. Uh, what a way to give back. Well, you have, just in a few minutes, or just a moment or so ago, you mentioned several of your heroes and, and inspirations, uh, names like Daryl Starbird, uh, Gene Winfield, George Barris. Um, if you had to, and we talked just last night, but if you had to pick maybe the three top influences, can you uh, just summarize or how you feel that they've made a real impact in your in your life i probably have to say it, it, you know i probably i probably have uh, uh when it comes to the legends i'm talking about the guys that i look up to when i was growing up looking at the magazines i used to love to look at all the magazines and first thing i do i go to a store i go to the magazine rack i look at the custom cars and i probably say if i had to probably pick three uh people that uh, are customizers that I really followed a lot and learned a lot from them. I probably have to say uh, uh, George Barris, George and Sam Barris, the Barris brothers. Uh, without a doubt, Gene Winfield. I love his styling. He's a very uh, smooth stylist. His cars are very tasteful uh, when it comes to body and paint. So I would say the Barris brothers, Gene Winfield, and the third one is really tough. I mean, God, I could throw them all in to be third, but uh, I'd probably say just because of his, uh, his, 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 the cars he built was really radical, mm-hmm. very trend-setting, and uh, I'd have to say Daryl Starbird because, okay. you know, he built the bubble car, bubble top, the Predictor, which is my favorite bubble top car of all time. And uh, he was very innovative. Uh, he, he thought outside the box. Uh, uh, when it comes to bodywork and paint, I mean, and he was doing it all himself, more or less. He was designing the car, building the car, showing the car, and he's done literally dozens and dozens and dozens. That's why when I do, when I go to his uh, museum, his Ron Custom Museum in the Afton, Oklahoma, I feel like I'm in heaven because I could go in there and I could see. 70, 80, 90 custom cars in a big dome. Mm. It's, it's, it's really, it's my favorite custom car museum in the world. 
without a doubt, hands down. That's why I wanted to do the the uh, the Courage Worship Card Show, mm-hmm. sitting down with Daryl and Larry in in, in in front of the predicta. That was really what I wanted to do, but it fell through. But I'm going to have to do it in Discovery Bay, sitting in one of my cars, or both of them. I'll sit in one, then I'll sit in the other car. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be with the Rita Packard, and I'm going to be with the uh, with the '62 Grand Prix that uh, basically I bought it from. Uh, uh, my friend Richard Soki built the car back in 1962, and my friend, he passed away about three years ago, so mm. I bought the car a couple of years back from his wife, Sherry, and this time talking about the 62 Grand Prix, and what Richard did with that car, just to give it a quick, quick deal, Richard uh, built the original 62, uh, uh, he went field, built the car, bodywork and paint, it was painted chartreuse metal plate, and then in 1963, he repainted the car I'm so excited for next Friday. Thanks to that. that that's really cool. Well, I, we're getting close on our time. I had two final questions for you, and I know my listeners are just so fortunate to have you be part of the Cars of Carlisle podcast. If you weren't in the automotive industry, and I'm really glad you are, but if you weren't, where do you think your career or passion would have taken you? You know, I would probably say because, uh, you know, I like, uh, I like acting. I like people. Uh, I'd probably say I'd probably, uh, I'd probably try to be a Hollywood movie actor. Nice. Okay. I'd probably try to do something in the, in the movie industry, without a doubt. Very cool. Um, That's my probably dream, uh, my early childhood dream of being a Hollywood movie actor. 
You would have been a great uh, cast member on American Graffiti, so I, I have no doubts about that. That's great. And really, I know I know them all. Uh, I know them all. Every one of them. They're Henry amazing. Winkler to Bo Hopkins to Richard Wright to Paula Mack, Candy Clark, Sidney Williams. Uh, those are my. I just talked actually Candy Clark yesterday, and I'm trying to get her to go to the uh, the show in Malibu, and I'll probably end up picking her up and bring her to the show and then bring her back home. Well, right now with the pandemic, she doesn't want to get out a lot, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get her out. I'm gonna definitely get her out. I'm gonna bring her to the show. And she'll be one of the celebrities, of probably many celebrities there at the show. So we're going to be promoting the Courage Virtual Car Show at Malibu, without a doubt. Well, awesome. Be promoting the show and probably trying to get a lot of those cars to actually enter into the competition. That is terrific. And I, I, I happened to interview Candy about six weeks ago on the Cars of Carla podcast. One of my absolute favorite uh, interviews. Just so much fun. Oh, she's great. Yeah, she is absolutely. Great. I've done many. I've probably done fifty, sixty car shows with her around the world, mm-hmm. from, from America to Sweden to Finland to Candy Clark. Like I said fifty or sixty or more. Yep. And you know when she started, actually, I can tell you because I kind of helped her career. I helped the American Pity career get going into the car shows. It was nineteen ninety eight, and I very remember right. It was the Portland. Roadster Show is where they started their whole career doing car shows. So it's been 22 years. Wow. And since then, they've been to all the shows in America. They've been to indoor, outdoor shows. But I can remember when I first met them in 98. And from then on, we've, we've, been, we've been very close friends. Yeah, well, please give my best to her when you see her this weekend. She's a real good friend of the show. And oh, she's great. You have just inspired so many yourself, John. Uh, I already just uh, have an affinity of working with you and, and, and so, so honored to have this uh, uh, well, really professional connection along with just the, the car community connection. What, 15 years from now, what would you want to be remembered for? What would your hope be for your legacy? Uh, I would probably say I just want to be remembered for... Uh I'm not saying the top uh, custom car builder or stylist. One of the top, because there's many of us. I mean, I'm not the I'm just not the only guy that that builds beautiful cars, but uh, there's many of us that do it. But I just want to be remembered as a custom car stylist that's traveled the world and has actually been in over 500 car shows worldwide. Mm-hmm. That's that, that's what I want. I like it. Yeah, that's a, that's a good uh, good legacy to leave. Um, I know that every country, every person that's shaking your hand, had an autograph, what have you, you have a, a, a dynamic uh, personality and an energy that even 3,100 miles apart by phone this morning, you can't help but feel. So I, I, am, uh, I know that that yeah, legacy will, will live on just as you, as you stated it. So thank you so very thank much. Thank you. And we have these and we have these celebrity custom shops that basically starting in two thousand seven, I sort of opened up uh, celebrity customs, you know, America or California with myself and since then it's I go to these car shows around the world and we're up to seventeen celebrity customs. These are sanctioned shops. These are I don't own these shops around the world, but they could use my logo if I like their quality their design work and I have to prove the design I will at the award ceremony pick one shop in one country and there'll always be celebrity customs and we're up to 17 right now we even I, the last one I picked was Istanbul Turkey we wow. have a shop in Istanbul 
We have shops in Iceland, Sweden, Finland, Australia, Italy. I mean, I, Norway, on and on. So we got 17 so far, and I'm working with History Channel right now, and hopefully in the near, near future, we're going to have a show, and it's probably going to be called Celebrity Customs Worldwide, where we travel to these shops to see what, and, and car shows around the world, to see what people around the world are doing, what kind of cars are they building, how's the culture, and it's going to be a different twist, uh, uh, doing not just building a car, we're going to be interviewing people. We're going to be seeing what they're building. Uh, we're going to be going to car shows around the world. I think it's going to be exciting. And I hope I hope in spring or summer of 2021, this show ends up on history, which they've already have the sizzle reels and all that, and it's, it's been approved. We just got to go to the next step and get it on TV. Mm. And I think it's not only going to be on American TV. It'll be all around the world. That's so uh, that's, that's in the works. That's and little by little, I'm trying to get more shops more celebrity custom shops opened up and probably my dream since we're in Iceland celebrity customs Iceland uh, next time I go to Iceland which I hope it's either the end of the year or the first of 2021 I want to fly to Greenland because the only way you get to, to Greenland you have to go to Iceland then to Greenland mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm going to do it but I want to open up a shop called celebrity customs Greenland I, I want to be something, something different there I don't care as long as it's, I mean, if it's cars, which I know they have some cars there, there's not a lot of people, 4,500 people in the whole country, but mm-hmm. I want to go to a big, the biggest town there, which I think it's called Nook, N-U-U-K, and actually open up a shop there and actually have them build a car. It could be a sled. <laughs> it could be anything, but we want to have celebrity customs in Greenland, and I'm going to make that happen. I love it. I love the moxie. I love the energy drive. I am. I can't wait to follow the progress in your success there. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Terrence. John, thank you so very much on behalf of all the listeners around the globe that uh, tune into this podcast every Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Thank you so much for your time. It is you are such a friend to the show. You always will be, and by all means, you are a major catalyst behind the the, the pending success of the Courage Car Show. Thank you for all you do oh, for all of us. Thank you, Darren. Thank you, Darren. And like I said, let's all let's let's uh, let's get involved in the Courage Virtual Car Show coming up on July 24th. Not only you know enter your car, but donate towards it to, you know for a good cause. And uh, all I can say is stay safe. Let's get you know let's get this pandemic behind us and let's move on again and let's make America great again. Here, here, John. Thank you so much. We are back to Studio A. I can't thank John enough for not only his high-energy interview, but his devoted hard work to the Courage Virtual Car Show. Thank you, John. Now, it's time for that trivia question answer. Just as a reminder, at the top of the show, I'd asked you what was the special audio device that John installed in his second car. And the answer is, as you heard, a high-end 45 RPM record player is what went in his pearl white and gold 1963 Pontiac Grand Prix. And uh, I thought it was pretty cool how he explained that the stylus was inverted and that it was essentially inserted up into the record grooves. And and as a result, that helped minimize and reduce any of the skips on the record when cruising down those uh, Phoenix uh, boulevards and and streets, main streets. So that was a very uh, cool way to uh, further customize an already cool car. Well, my friends, we have indeed reached the last exit. We are at the end of this week's road trip. 
cannot wait to have you come back to join us again next Tuesday, Wednesday. Just remember that this is your podcast and we want to hear your voice. Email us at outlook.com because together it is all about car community, car culture. So for now, I'll close with drive well, be well, take care.